Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cinema de Mori. I'm your host, Chuck Phillips, joined by White Boy Justin and Lexi. <laughs> White girl Lexi? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're finishing talking about our one time directors. It's been good conversation so far. Different reasons for why these people only made one film gonna get to this one maybe he just had this one film in him and he just can't figure out anything else we're talking about escape from tomorrow mm-hmm. a film from 2013 by world-class filmmaker randy moore i'll jump right <laughs> into the fact that this movie lost so much money besides only being released domestically if you want to call it that it made none of its budget back it's not even like the ones that came close. I mean, as far as I'm aware, the budget was what the director got from his grandmother's inheritance or something like that. So, Oh my God. Bet she's very proud of him. I think that's also probably another reason of why he's never made another film is he randomly just got money from nowhere and it was just, oh, well, I'll use this to make my movie then. And no one else is going to give him that much money. I've thought about that too. If I like won the lottery, I could like become like a producer and make films or something like not do the creative creative stuff but be like i could finance like i could give money to to someone like justin or james like someone that i know is creative and be like if i had like a million dollars i could just like give them money and they could like make a movie for me my only advice is to be a little bit harder about how your money is spent if you're putting that much money into it how much money did this movie cost what did he put into this six hundred fifty thousand dollars Oh, that's all he spent? Yeah, I mean, it's less than a million dollars. I'm going to guess that like a huge portion of that budget was spent going in and out of these fucking Disney parks with his cast over and over. Yeah. They all had to have season passes. I have read the trivia. They decided to film things based on the weather. So some things were filmed six months apart. Yeah, because it always had to be the same. Like, could be no rainy days. So if if it was raining or if something was happening, they just had to wait. They couldn't have overcast because they didn't have professional yeah. lighting. Yeah, they had no yeah, lighting. Sunny. They were very dependent on the sun beating down on these people. That's why they used it in black and white, too, because he had no lighting. So this was yeah. a way to get around having to... It's like the only way it could match up. But he also thought it was cool and artsy. Probably that, too. And he combined Disney World and Disneyland. Yeah, I was just about to say, he shot half of this in world and half of it in land. I watched it with Rachel. Rachel was like, that's land that's world that's land that's land i'd say the vast majority of this movie is actually shot in land very few things are actually shot in world epcot's probably the main thing that yeah the man takes his family to disney world and disney world is not what it seems and maybe his family is also not what it seems I think first off, I would say this is definitely a film that I think this plot that it has would work better as a short because it definitely stretches to try to fill a lot of things in. I mean, it's it starts with the father who gets fired from his job. And then while he's at Disney World and on the last day of vacation, you know, he tries to make the best of it, I guess, and go to the park with his family. And from there, more and more bizarre things happen to him. I feel like this movie loses momentum when the bizarre things stop happening. And then it's just kind of a dad wants to follow around two teenage girls for half an hour and be weird like that (laughs) dad is a lech he's disgusting personally i felt that it was more interesting if it would have stayed more grounded and kind of went somewhere from there from him being a creep it did remind me of a very artsy movie it made me 
made me think of like something from the French New Wave from them going guerrilla style in the beginning. You can tell they're not allowed to be doing any of this. I thought it seemed very French to be like dad's basically stalking these girls and dragging his kids into it. I feel like 30 minutes into it when it starts to get more into like the fantasy sci-fi aspect (laughs) of the movie, it lost me but kept it interesting. Well, there's a bunch of ideas and and none of the ideas ideas, that none of them pay off. Oh, here's a new idea. Oh, that's over. Here's a new idea. Oh, that's over. And you're supposed to, like, in your own head, try to string these events that you're being shown together and be like, well, how are these going to tie up? Most of the time, there's no payoff to anything that you're shown. There are things, like, out of context, too. Like, he starts to hallucinate at the start of the movie on the ride, but he's hallucinating because he has cat flu. But he's not hallucinating because he has cat flu. He does not have cat flu. Because he doesn't have cat flu then. So then... What's the fucking point of him hallucinating? And according to the director, it's just because he thinks the small world's creepy. Yeah. I thought that he was having a panic attack, but before he was drunk, the only time he's on It's a Small World, I thought that he was going to have like some sort of mental issue. And then I thought that that was going to maybe keep it a little bit more grounded. They rode that ride 30 times. Well, from the 30 (laughs) times. From the perspective. From the perspective that I saw, like that beginning that looks like, I don't know, kid gets decapitated or something. I thought that it was going to end with him being the guy decapitated. No, no. I thought his kid was going to get decapitated. I thought that he was going to be following these girls around because he took that kid on the one ride. Oh, he's too small for that ride. It's definitely the ride that's going to decapitate this kid. (laughs) Space Mountain. Yeah, it just made the kid sick. But no, like when he walked under the thing, he definitely wasn't tall enough to get on that ride. This is a terrible film. I don't want to just be like, oh my God, this is a terrible film. But like the movie's full of old school rumor stuff, right? Like, okay, like they have cat flu, right? Well, that's kind of cool when you think about the context of like Disney parks being full of feral cats, right? Like that's a thing. He didn't know the Disney parks were full of cats. You never knew that before. It just happened to work in his favor. And it seems like there was a lot of decisions that this guy made when making this movie that just happened to work in his favor. But on the other side of it too, like the emu leg, that's like an old rumor. Like that's like been proven repeatedly not true. They just use male legs. That's why the turkey well, legs the are so big. The cat thing was because it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's a mouse, so a cat's like contradictory to it. But that doesn't that logic doesn't even make any sense. It really doesn't. He tries to put allegory in it that it's like a religion. It's religious. I he mean, gets that I'm shot. I'm not saying that I'd be interested to see how much of his was scripted and how much he was winging it. Because I felt like he probably tested something and then decided to try to write it into the movie the best that he could. And I'm really kind of impressed that he was able to put together any sort of story with the footage that he had from going into these parks. I kind of like the idea that when he went to Sundance, he was like advertising it as like, oh, Disney's not going to want you to see this movie. But that was his whole marketing Marketing was good. That's that's why he like. I mean, yes and no. Like, it's smart if you have a cohesive, competent film around it or whatever. Like, conceptually, there's not, like, a bad idea with the idea of utilizing a theme park, especially, like, a a known theme park in a franchise, and, like, writing some kind of, like, sinister underlying plot to it or those sorts of things. But, like, it's so unfocused and, and unsure of what it wants to be that it doesn't achieve its end goal. So you're marketing this movie and you're saying... It's the movie that Disney doesn't want you to see. Well, of course people are going to watch it, right? Because, like, fuck Disney. Like, there's there's definitely enough people in this world that are like, oh, fuck Disney. I want to, like, see it. I want to whatever. Like, there's that sort of, There's like, some people mindset. that can't afford to go into the theme park, so they need movies like this. 
Yeah. It's the only way they'll see the inside. So like, it's like, I understand that be a good marketing point, but if that's all that your movie has, because once people go in and see it and then word of mouth goes around, like clearly people are going to stop going and seeing it. So it's not a shock at all. Clearly it didn't make the money. Yeah. Because like once people saw the movie and they were like, whoa. The other thing is too, this movie highly offends Disney people. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that these fan films that people make and then they can't even like show them off because it's all, they don't own the rights to anything. So to put your yeah. money into something like this and then literally be like, I probably can't distribute this movie unless you're paying for a lawyer to be like, how can I get away with showing Disney World in Disneyland and having all these very big things from Disney and still be able to show it? Where can I get that this is legal? So you can like legally shoot in the parks like they have a bunch of copyright like you can film and photograph in the parks because they have vloggers that come in and film and shoot in their parks all day where you hit copyright issues are with the music and the background noise. So like, that's why you had to hire people. Well, it's going to gotta be more than music. that. Disney doesn't care about this movie. They care. They just took the right. Like that was one thing he was like, they're going to sue me. They're going to sue. He's like, they don't care. They really don't. No, they don't. They don't care. They're like, whatever, dude. Like, we're not worried about this. This isn't, this isn't going to hurt us or affect us in any way. I've seen the sort of research that they do on scripts, and a lot of times it's not even what they show, it's what they say. They can't say certain things. Yeah, they just don't want it to be a negative portrayal. Maybe right. they can't say Epcot, so the whole movie, they can't say where they're at. Or the visuals are strong enough that you know that it's Disney, but they can't say Disney. Like, I think they even bleep him out saying Disney one time during the movie. They, they bleep him out saying something, yeah. He says something about, like, going on a ride, and I think they, like, bleep out the name of the ride. I like the but it's funny because they only do it like the one thing time. On it. Oh yeah, I think they like overdub her saying she says like geosporin or something like that. Like a yeah, yeah. Like another well, one. when he they didn't have the right, they put that. the little they put the little like blacked black out like over. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing that so. makes me think that you didn't think this thing through because it probably would have cost you nothing to put a sticker over that thing to make it look like anything else oh no yeah 100 percent. they just filmed it and then later someone was like you know we can't actually show that or like we don't have mm-hmm. yeah we didn't we don't have their their authorization and that's like well just cover it up then it still happens but like research depending on usually it's studios but they'll even look at things like let's say it's a sony show it has to be coke it can't be pepsi because we have a deal with coke so you can't have anything pepsi in this movie in the script the stuff that's written obviously they can say okay this can't be in here but after it's shot, there could still be things that have snuck into there that they don't have the rights to. You don't want to have to lose a huge chunk of your movie because you filmed something that you have no rights to. But he knew going into this that there was a huge risk of shooting at all. He knew, this is an edgelord. This guy's a fucking edgelord. This guy intentionally was like, yeah, we're going to shoot in the parks and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. There wasn't a thought put around what he wanted to do. Like, that's why he fills the movie with all these like urban legends and all this kind of stuff. It's all edgelord shit. There's plenty of Disney myth and lore. He could have squeezed into this and made this work. Another thing, too, is like the selling point of this is that he shot this in the Disney parks. Big portions of this movie are not in the parks. And not only are they not in the parks, but they're not even like in believable areas like that pool scene. What hall? Holiday Inn, did you shoot that shit at? That's not even remotely a Disney pool. That doesn't even look like something that would come from a Disney park. And there's like a billion kids in there. I'm like, so I'm supposed to believe that this is like at yeah, one there's of the most expensive Disney resorts? Nah, come on. Like Disney's pools, they're like exceptional pools. If you're staying in a Disney park, and the place that they were staying is actually one of the most expensive resorts in all of like Disney World. So 
if they're going back to their hotel to use the pool, there should have been a nicer pool. And then you have this like ratty little pool. And then the girls in the movie show up at the pool. That's not even for their hotel because they were staying at the Polynesian. The other hotel they were staying at was like the main hotel. So like there's no consistency there because why would those girls just go back to wherever he is? And they weren't necessarily stalking him. They just showed up at his his pool for him to float around for like 20 minutes and gawk at him. So like you could cut out most of the stuff of him on rides. You could cut out big portions of him wasting time with his kid and like being a lech. And you could probably flesh out an interesting story here. You know, the director of this movie thought that this was a redeeming main character. He thought people were going to like relate to him and find him like, like he said, I think he's an anti-hero. Like how is this guy an anti-hero? I mean, he's certainly not a hero. So by that definition, he is anti. He's not a hero of any kind. Like, he doesn't do anything except just be unredeeming. Like, he spends the whole Well, I mean, an anti-hero, yeah, you're still rooting for the anti-hero. They're just not a good person. Yeah. He's not... But are you rooting for this guy? And what are you rooting for him to do, exactly, if you are rooting for him? We're all agreeing with you. Like, I mean, I'm just, like, saying, like, on the grander context, like, what was this guy thinking with this character? Like, he's not a redeeming character, and you're forced to follow him. He was the creepiest character until that guy in the wheelchair showed up. (laughs) So the dad actor? The dad actor, yeah. The guy that plays the dad, he was the creepiest person until the wheelchair guy showed up, who I was pretty sure was more of a pedophile than he was a pedophile. (laughs) Because it was like, I like your little girl. She's cute. I'm like, oh my God, keep your kid away from that guy. But it also, I thought it was a good kind of contrast that he was the same kind of creep. I mean, he wasn't that far removed from how creepy that guy came off. He was supposed to represent the typical Disney park goer. He was supposed to be what the director envisions what people who go to Disney parks are. And also... He was extra creepy, like little girl. Yeah, he was. He was extra creepy. He was creepy in the bathroom, too, and I thought something creepy was going to happen with him in there, too. When he rolled out of the bathroom stall, I was like, yes, this guy's back. (laughs) (laughs) He he did this dumb, like, I remember you, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's got (laughs) to... He's kind of the best character in the movie. Well, I was, like, hoping that the story might have gotten... The story kept, like you said, losing its focus a little bit. It had some good ideas, but then it just couldn't follow through with it. And I thought, like when he got drunk and he lost his his daughter i thought it was like oh crap that wheelchair guy has got her now or something and they kind of go back to the witch character yeah the lady that killed a kid years ago or something she hugged, hugged the, kid the kid to, to death. death yeah which was all shown to us through a brilliantly done blue screen because the blue screen work in this movie is just top tier i love how people are in for like the girls are doing cartwheels and stuff and it's a enlarged video of the the stuff going on in the park so they look like they're tiny versions of people like dancing around in front of a real garbage can that's also not part of the scenery well the kid puking too like disney would be on them about like what are oh, you guys yeah. doing we can tell that this isn't normal so they had to shoot some of it green screen but i mean yeah i mean they even did effects they made them into tinkerbells or something so oh my god that was the and they, worst. they yeah. spent a lot of money on the epcot head <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big that's the big CGI moment in that film. But yeah, that's that has no relevance to anything. You just like end up with him having a ball put on his head, and then it's just like, okay, that's over. And with. the mad scientist guy like leaves for no reason <laughs> to come back and, then, and be like, oh, he escaped. And and then he cuts the <laughs> robot's head off, and then like realize, listeners, we're not leaving stuff out. 
we're pretty much telling it well, exactly as it mad is. Mad scientist, he decapitates the guy who then happens to be a robot. After he don't know that guy was a robot beforehand. Well, I don't even think he intended to cut his head off. He was just trying to get away. But like, why? Wouldn't the movie be so much better if the kid got decapitated and then this guy and this guy got decapitated and he was a real guy and it was like there's just a lot of decapitations in this movie. Yeah. This movie had a lack of decapitations. Didn't have enough. His escape from that room was just like a really long, unnecessary scene of him sexually squirting his <laughs> neosporin all More over the room. would be in that thing. All over the asses of these weird <laughs> girls that are projected on the wall, like continuity like, error he sprays it all over the posters and but when he gets up there's nothing on the posters <laughs> this guy is like so unnecessarily horny and this movie has like all this weird sex stuff in it but like is it like i think it's just trying to be gross and funny they're just like little subtle things i don't understand why he didn't go that route and i mean i know it's kind of a meandering plot but I think he dropped his bottle and then he had him stub his toe and injure his toe that way. I'm like, why don't you just have him step on the fucking glass bottle? The glass, right. 10 seconds earlier. Especially since stubbing his toe apparently <laughs> shattered his toe to pieces and it was just gushing blood. Like I've hit my toe pretty bad on things before and I've never had blood pour out of it to a point that I had to wash yeah. my sock out in a bathroom. It's not my thought. Somebody's like, it turns into a wannabe David Lynch film. It definitely turns into a wannabe David Lynch film. The actor who was in the, the guy we were just talking about, the fat guy in the, the chair, he's mm -hmm. not really handicapped. Guy. And they put him on the handicapped spot on one of the riverboats. And you see that scene in the movie where they shot from afar and he's on like the front of the boat and he's like, woo! and he's got his hate like food in the air and he's swinging it around while he's riding on the edge of the boat they like wouldn't let handicapped people on that boat so that this guy could get on that boat several times in the same way so that they could shoot this scene so he kept denying handicapped people the right to the boat good they didn't deserve to ride it anyway he was doing much better use of it i mean he was gonna live in celluloid forever he deserved to be yeah. there what were those people gonna do Have yeah there's just the memory it wasn't gonna last forever yeah, he was way more valuable for it. I have a lot of issues as well. Going back to, like, I stated that when you're in, like, there are signage. Rachel explained this to me. There's signage all over the parks that states that when you're in a park, Disney has the right to film you and use their footage, and people have the right to film in the park and use that footage. But I don't think the people who went to the park were agreeing to be part of this movie and, like, have themselves be shot and utilized as insulting footage. Like, it's not... I mean, let's be honest. Most of the people that happen to be in the background, they're in a crappy movie, sure. But they're not really shown in bad light. It's not like somebody dropping an ice cream on themselves and they're a fat slob no, that just happens but, to be a person in the background. <laughs> but he's making the statement that the people going to the Disney parks are lemmings, which he does literally say in an interview. It's like they're all lemmings going to the park, which is ironic because Disney created the myth of the lemmings running off the cliff i saw that this is not the first gorilla movie that was filmed like this in disney there was another one before no. they said in, this was like 2013 yeah there's like shorts that they did but this is like the first like think full length that's where they get like the the thing because yeah they yeah. did a short where it's like in the haunted mansion 
it's like more of just a horror thing of like people get stuck in the haunted mansion and uh there's that part in there's a part in the banksy movie exit through the gift shop that they do at mm-hmm. the disney world yeah you're right actually banksy did a what was it called dismal world dismal land yeah he did that's really yeah. cool it was a pop-up. It was a limited amount. People could go to it, but it was only there for that like a week. That type of art had more to say about Disney than probably this movie did. I feel like this movie I should have just been full-on war against Disney in that South mindset, Park has more to say about Disney than this movie. Well, I mean, I think that it's harder to make this type of movie that the guy set out to do. I don't think that he was skilled enough to pull it off and i'm impressed with what he did get like even the cg when you're like okay the cg looks really bad they're clearly not at the park or they're not matching with the people in the background when they're just like following them with a camera in the park and it's nothing remotely special i kind of did like that stuff yeah that's why like you were saying earlier like if maybe if it would have been like more just like grounded in reality like that kind of thing of just showing like hey here's this weird guy you know like kind of ruining his family's vacation because he's just such a because he's just such a bad person but like i don't don't necessarily try to make him the hero of the story but just kind of just kind of show like yeah i don't know we're just gonna follow this guy around and yeah, like you're saying like more like french new wave of just a day in the life of this guy at the park that's you know not necessarily kind of ruining his family's day ruining his whole life because he got fired at the start of the movie yeah and you could even end it with that girl like spitting on him and then it's just like he's a creep. That's what he deserved. But it was like overly gross. The sp- the spitting thing seems so out <laughs> yeah. of context. I was like, what the hell? When we get to the end and he has like the cat flu and it just cuts to him in the bathroom. And I'm like, this is so fucking gross. I don't, don't want to watch this at all. <laughs> you you have to watch interviews with the director and the, the main actor dad. Like I was like, I didn't intend to go down the rabbit hole of watching like interviews with the director, but he has like a whole thing on Vice. Like they, Vice did a whole interview with him, and then there's like all these other like press junkets and stuff like that. And uh, the dad thought that they were making a comedy, and the director's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, kind of, yeah. And he's like, no, like I thought like it was gonna be like like a Ben Stiller comedy, and the director's like, oh no, not at all. And then the mother, <laughs> there's an interview with like the dad the mother and the director and the mother's like this is a movie about this and then the the dad character's like i thought the movie was about this and the director's like no it's none of that and you're just like nobody knew what anybody was doing on this movie like it's like everybody's just kind of like i thought i was making this movie and this is like completely different movie so like nobody from the film was able to like properly sell the movie because nobody knew what the fuck the movie was and i mean sometimes to get performances out of non-actors or bad actors sometimes it is advised to lie to these people and like (laughs) if the performance says oh yeah just tell them it's a comedy to get the performance that you want that's what you do and it's just like as it gets darker and darker like oh it's gonna be really (laughs) funny just trust me it's gonna be the funniest thing the interview where he says i think it's a ben stiller movie they're also on a ferris wheel which makes it even better because they're just like riding around on a ferris wheel and then he looks at him and he's like what do you mean and you're just like this couldn't just be any more absurd i mean i think chuck was with me when we watched the children of the corn remake from like 2009 or whatever at the portman's were you with me then no yeah i know yeah so there's this 2009 i think it's 2009 it came out straight to dvd children of the corn remake the movie is bad like really really bad but what's really funny is there were extras and it was the same context of the director being like 
you know, I think I made the best version of Children of the Corn that there ever was. I tried to get Stephen King to read the script, but <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with it. And his lawyers came after me, but I think he would have liked it and would have preferred it over his original story had he seen it. I was like, what the hell? What is this guy on? <laughs> That's what I kind of think for this Randy Moore. I was thinking that he might have been the same thing. He needed somebody to help him out. He had a decent person with visual effects. The camera work's not too bad, and like you said, they're hiding stuff with the black and white. The actors weren't that great. The actors were terrible. The actors were terrible, but you know what? He Let's be honest, he really couldn't afford very many good <laughs> actors, and how many people are you going to be like, we're going to film this over six months at Disney six World? Six months and go to Disney every day. These actors <laughs> yeah, reminded yeah. me of when I used to work in Vegas in like the indie film scene and you would get on these indie film sets and they'd be like people just like them and they were like this is my big break and you're just sitting there and you're like buddy this is not a break like no, these, this these is a people, beginning these people reminded me of like mumblecore actors yeah like, that are just they're absolutely like yeah 100% like you just this is my this is my good buddy Roy he's gonna play the main character uh this is his friend from college Pam and she's gonna be the wife like it's like the yeah just no training whatsoever in the slightest because like like Jesse was saying first off I don't think you could afford to pay them that much and also yeah who's gonna who's gonna want to be in this movie where it's okay we're gonna go to Disney every day for six months and that's gonna, you're be, gonna be our a fake life family we're, yeah and you're gonna have to we're gonna have to pretend we're filming you're not gonna be able to like actually you're just gonna have to like stand there and act like the camera's not around like and stand in the middle of a park with hundreds of thousands of people over the course of a summer and so it's like it's it's not it's not appealing job I guess but yeah I feel like I would really love to have seen this Kim edit this film or have worked with it to be like some sort of short or something because I feel like yeah if he if he would have limited himself to maybe like a half hour 45 minutes he could have put something together that would consistently hold through I mean this movie when I put it in and I checked the time and it was exactly one hour and 30 minutes like to the second I was like oh that's the sign of someone yeah. that was like that was like come on man we just got to get the 90 minutes give me another shot that I could put mm -hmm. in here so we can get the 90 like, like the scene like, of him like, pretending to be dead in the pool for some reason yeah yeah there's that uh, goes on that, forever that, too that comes to that comes i do like to... that scene though too where it's he's being super creepy in the pool looking at the girls and then his wife's like shaking her head like watching him like <laughs> we're right here everyone can see you i like, love that he jumps in the pool and then pulls out that glass dumbo bell and i'm like you just jump into a pool yeah. with a glass ornament in your pocket like and he's just like oh yeah here and he just like pulls it out of the pool and you're like that's not an appropriate place to just give someone a glass bell what's she <laughs> supposed to do put in her tits like or like i'm thinking that scene when he's on that ride and he's puking because he's been drinking too much like which by the way that ride shut down for the yeah. day because of that they really that they really thought he was puking in there probably yeah <laughs> and then he's like, like i wasn't puking. they have to clean it yeah, they have to do everything. Like, if anybody throws up on those rides, it, like, shuts the ride down for, like, the fucking day. So if he really did that or made them think that, then they would have to shut, like, the ride they down. They made him think it. There's no way that guy was really puking. But I felt like, you know what, like, the boat behind them where they could still see them were probably, like, oh, my God, this guy's vomiting into Pre the... Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or that, they that's, saw that's, that, that he was fake vomiting and be like, what the hell is going on over here? That, that I think <laughs> I mean, it seemed, it seemed uh, dark. And the... if I heard it and I didn't, and it didn't look right, I would still probably think like, oh, that guy probably just puked in the water. Like, 
How about the people on the boat with them that are probably real people too? Because like they had to let them get I'm... on the boat separately to film them and That's stuff. That's what I keep wondering. Like when you see like some of the people's reactions, like it's yeah, not it's, it's not all the time, but it's like there's sometimes and. That's like what I want to know. I'm like, man, what did these people think when they like when they saw like yeah something weird like that happen? Were they just like, eh, weird stuff happens at Disney or there's weird people here? Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with it. But there's that one shot with that woman where she's clearly watching them film outside of yeah. that ride, and she starts laughing at what she's watching. <laughs> I like the one, yeah, like the one guy's reaction when they like page over the speaker about like the Buzz Lightyear ride not works, and he's like, "Oh, what the hell?" And he just turns around and like, there's that guy that's also standing in line and he just like looks over like why'd that guy get so angry like right <laughs> like you can't figure or like, it out because that part where the dad's running through the fireworks display and he's going where's my daughter or whatever yeah. uh he really did that and he really grabs that kid and it's just some random kid who was like enjoying the fireworks and like they were like what the fuck and this guy was just like <laughs> running through the fireworks display like making a scene basically yeah that's yeah, I know why he, he said, was the uh, cheapest actor like yeah yeah do you to be to be really willing to do that and i know he said uh another thing he had the actors do and i i think they said like the actors like though the actors and like the crew that he had with him got uh got upset because he was he was wanting them to like go in disguise sometimes because he said you know I think it's getting too obvious that we're here every day. He's like, I'm going to need you to shave your head and I'm going to need you to put on a mustache and I'm going to need, like he wanted them to go to like full on, like, like cartoon yeah. character, like disguise. He made his like... entire film crew shave their beards. He said no one was allowed to shave, have beards because people who go to Disney don't have beards. Yeah. He said they were, he said they, they, they didn't want to look, look totally uh, obvious, but yeah, there's, there's, there's very, I mean, the park's not going to even really care if you're there every day, as long as you're eating and, you know, buying crap. I mean, I know for a fact there are people that go there every day because there's uh there's like a few people that I there's see bloggers. on TikTok that run yeah they run like accounts where it's like it's like here's Tuesday I'm at Magic Kingdom here's yeah. Wednesday I'm at Magic King and like they, they're there every day yeah like and Disney that's their food, food bloggers yeah I mean I watched she watches that stuff and her mom and like there are like over like 500 plus Disney food vloggers who are there every single day like like four well, days like, like eight yeah. hours. <laughs> They have like their secret restaurants and shit that nobody can get yeah. into and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like I, I saw some things where it's like, yeah, this restaurant's the best. It's only in Disney. It's hard to get a reservation. The food's like $500. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this better be the best <laughs> yeah. place in the world. I, I know also you're like the, about. Uh, Goofy the, the times will when serve you, can tell... you this food. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I do also like the times when you can tell uh, they had to have just the like the dad be the cameraman when it was it was just literally impossible for them to have anything else like when they're they're on the car ride and you can always tell it's always just from that angle of his arm sticking way the out to the side I'm, yeah. like, I'm like i'm like okay he had to be his own camera because like we can't get anyone else in the car with you so uh you're just gonna have to hold the camera there you're just gonna yeah, have and to, then do that crap like just, just ram in the back person. of them and i'm like mm-hmm, i'm sure they love this uh, yeah 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 of all the cast i was looking on imdb and i was like there was only one person. One of those girls was a yeah, reoccurring she was in, character, like the Americans, like the Americans and stuff. Or something. She's yeah, it's like that's the only person that's gone on to like do anything. Not as other, not one other person was like known for anything. Like they could hire, they could have probably got one. Like they could have probably got somebody really good to do the scientist bit because you know that wasn't. They didn't have to sneak that person into Disney. That's like the role so. someone turns around and it's like Christopher Lloyd, and you're like, man, that guy's desperate for work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I couldn't even great. understand that guy. Like, he was like a legit German 
uh, actor or something. I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Those girls are supposed to be like, they're supposed to be like 15 or 16. I, I thought that they like, were. The dad thinks that they're supposed to be 15 or 16. And the director's like, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, well, I thought they were supposed to be. And I'm like, well, you were aware as the, the actor playing the character. And you thought you were following around like 15 and 16 year olds and leching on them. And you thought that that was okay as a role. Like, I don't know, man. You must be desperate for work. I think it's okay as a role as long as like the message is that this person's going to pay for that. But like right. I almost I thought that they're clearly teenage girls and I thought that they would have like they found boys or something and yeah. they went the route the actor didn't portray it or the director didn't wasn't able to show it. There was no like jealousy aspect, which I thought was weird. But I was hoping like the parents would show up. How about the random like unnecessary <laughs> scene with her the girls and the boys at the Epcot aquarium that goes on for like five minutes that literally offers nothing to the film. See, it's I more think that the thing about like kind of like following them around. Like I, I was actually more okay with that than when things came out like when they went balls to the wall with her like crazy ass things. Like when you get to the end of the movie, like literally the last five minutes of the movie is like batshit crazy. Oh my god, it's insane. <laughs> They're like, what if we have we have ten more ideas? What should we do? And they're like, all of them. Yeah, I was. It's like almost like even though <laughs> like when he when he meets the lady that does like the that tells him like, oh, you're eating emu, and like, and they have yeah. that whole joke, and then he like he like passes out and wakes up in her room, and like he's there with his daughter, and like it's it's like super weird. But at least that like felt again more grounded in reality, and you're like you're like, oh okay. But then the part that like completely destroys that is when it turns later, and it's like she's they're dressed up as princesses and uh it's like yeah I and she has a, a magic medallion and, and yeah the whole that whole <laughs> thing is like is like how often like, do you do this uh, they've never complained before like okay she's always kidnapping kids or yeah something. she's always kidnapping kids all the time it's and, like, what, and, what? And playing sleeping beauty i could see how somebody could read the script for this and think that they're going to be making a comedy because there's a lot of elements to this movie that seem like the kind of thing that like a parody comedy or like, you know what I mean? Like a comedy movie that's trying to squeeze too much shit in. Yeah. And a lot of comedy is pulled off in post in the editing. Right. So I was going to say, and a be lot there of and be like, it's not funny, off. but maybe it will be when it's yeah. done. There's a whole movie just with the, the the woman, the witch woman who has the amulet and does all this other stuff. There's a whole movie with that. But then there's this whole other movie over here. They made the disaster artist for The Room. I would almost like to see a disaster artist version of this movie. Where it's just yeah, like, what are, the so park. yeah, what are they what are they doing? Like, what are we how filming you, today? How can people look at The Room and call that the worst movie ever made when this exists? They should be having screenings of this fucking thing. Read the Disaster Artist book if you get a chance. It's literally Tommy Wiseau. Like, the guy is so interesting as to why he exists as a person. And Randy Moore would be more interesting, like, if he had something like that. Or that's, felt yeah, more that's, That, I feel like, is the biggest difference is, is because if you look at both of these films, like this and The Room, they're both made from the exact same place of this guy thinks he's a good director like he thinks he has a great idea and it just doesn't work out i think the the biggest difference is just the room pays off in a very different way and being just so unintentionally comedically funny but they're made with the exact same thought process in mind is like that this guy did go in and i and did genuinely i think have have an idea but it, i think again the the fact that he had no 
he had no accountability to anyone. This was just all his money that he could just burn through. Again, like literally the idea of, hey, my great grandmother died and she was super wealthy and left me $600,000 from her life insurance. Well, I'm going to do the one thing that I always wanted to do, which was make a movie. And I'm not going to let anyone tell me like how to make That's it. That's not or even what that much money. It. You could have like lived comfortably on that. He should have bought a Taco Bell. Nope. He should have bought like a franchise and then have that I mean, money hey, work I'd for him. Same thing as Chuck. If I if I won like the two billion dollar Powerball, oh, I would be like, if I won that kind of money, movie, I would do I it do too. That. I'd be over here like Jacob. I'm gonna fund your movie, and if you need a movie, <laughs> we're gonna fund that. Like, no. Although if I had the to... movie, I would not. I'd be like, it's gonna be low budget to the point that like we're not filming this in Disney at all. You know, <laughs> you could start like our. You could start our own like um, production company. Five five uh five k five k films five hundred k films. We'll give you five hundred k to make a film, but that's all we'll give you. <laughs> and you can't work beyond that budget. That's, we can that's what can you produce Cameron. for me? <laughs> that's what I think he would have been like wiser spending his money again. And I think this is, this just goes back to it just his his lack of experience or lack of forethought of he would have been better spending that money to just film this movie on like sets or even trying to go to like a smaller theme park and even just like again like you were like justin was saying like you he could have implied that he was at at disney or they could have like just used like exterior shots of disney like the bathroom that or something which were. was grosser than a disney and they, bathroom yeah movie. but use your use your money more wisely to because then like you were saying too the fact that he even got enough footage from this random stuff that he filmed at disney if he had just filmed somewhere else at like an abandoned amusement park or even like just a regular one on like their off off hours yeah. or something like, like that he, off season that he, he could have used made, he could have made like, a better more cohesive film and just still implied maybe that it was supposed to be about disney there are dilapidated Six Flags parks all over this country that people have even shot horror movies in. And kids have you can to rent the space, like you can rent that space and like shoot like an actually decent like theme park horror movie if you wanted to. I get like the whole idea of wanting because like this guy just wanted to stick it to Disney. Like that was genuinely like like I said, watch interviews with him. He just wanted to like stick it to Disney. Like that's, See, that's all he thing wanted too, to do. Is, like you. You're watching these interviews of this guy, and he's telling you what he wants the movie to be or what he wants the movie to do. And I think it just shows you that he's not a good director if it's just the total opposite of what this guy is saying. Right. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't even really stick at the Disney at all, really. Like, no, the stuff because was, like, Disney jokey. didn't also think it stuck it to them. Like, Disney's like, whatever, no, I'm not I... threatened by this. So I don't think that Disney didn't think that they were threatened by it. I think that they thought if we don't make a big deal about this, then we won't bring yeah, attention just go to away. It. it. And that's, yeah, and that's literally what happened. And that's what it did. It's yeah. not on it just, anything. It just went away. I went through, well, it's on Blu-ray I, and DVD. Yeah, I, th I think that's, I think it's probably one of those where, yeah, he, he probably doesn't have enough money to do like a better distribution deal or like set something up. So it's like, like, yeah, the fact that they ignored it and then it went away, it's like, yeah, how, how can he get his movie is only putting it on Amazon or something like that to get people to buy it. And it's still like, I know they said it's in like I don't even like think the, it was on Amazon at all. It's oh, not on Amazon. Anymore. Yeah, it might not it's be. It's not anymore, on anything. But, uh, I had to get like a rip of it from Spain on YouTube using a VPN. I went on the dark minutes. web. You went to effed up movies? I didn't try effed up movies, but uh, I was on an effed up website that was trying to <laughs> steal my information. Trying to trying to put a virus on your computer. See, Rachel yeah, was, was like, to you're, not, you're not going on there. Yeah. <laughs> 
because I tried to go to that same site. Dude, no. I already have like issues with my computer. No, there's no like. like you just can't click on the five thousand ads that come up. <laughs> be you literally have to hit play. A pop up comes up. Delete it. Play. A pop up comes up. Delete it. Play. A pop up comes up. You do it like five <laughs> or six times. The movie finally starts playing, and then you know what? You can't touch your iPad. You can't touch it at all. If you do anything, then you might be watching the movie from the beginning because you're going to get another pop-up if you try to pause that movie. Funny, I, I guess my rip is probably better than yours. I didn't have any subtitles either, even though it was Spanish, which was funny. So I was like, all right, just go with this. No, mine actually is really good. It was probably the the actual Blu-ray rip. Like, it looked fine. Yeah. It was just... Mine was really high quality, too. <laughs> I mean, I I was more impressed by, like, the fact that they went into the park, but, like, I didn't think that they utilized it very well. I do think that Chuck picked a pretty interesting movie, though. I do remember them talking about this. It's almost a 10-year-old movie now. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I remember the big deal of, like, oh, they snuck into Disney, and I thought it was exciting. What was it, Sundance? I thought it was, ex like, oh, yeah. that sounds interesting. And then I don't remember ever yeah. hearing about it, but Chuck must have been like, oh, yeah, that's it, and picked it up at Target or whatever he said. Got it at Target when it came out. Did you really? I was going to say, yeah. like, where did you, did you buy it just because of the hype around it? or Because yeah. I know you yeah. own it. Would you, after knowing it, would you buy it again? Or did you just buy it to see it, like, that's it kind of thing? He's watched it more than once. Yeah, that is true. Uh, is this I your probably second would. time watching it, or yeah, yeah. Okay, at least his I probably second would. Time. Uh, yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I still probably would buy it again. And I, I mostly, and this is uh, probably not what the director was intending, but I feel like it will, it will live forever. Is like it's just an anomaly of it, it has like the distinction of being like, hey, it was a full length film that you know they used in Disney, and I know that's like that's all it really has going for it like its main thing but i still think there's enough there there's still enough there that when i watched it again i still enjoyed a lot of stuff in it the parts that kind of do go back to that kind of uh, like we we're saying like french new wave like you know realistic you know just on the street lighting no no sets other than you know every once in a while they use the there's the blue screen when they can't do anything else because they just they he had to get this shot that he wanted to use there and couldn't figure another way to get it in the film. But it's a strange film. There's another one that's the same thing that I've been trying to find, too. I think it is on Amazon, though. I'll have to look it up separately. It's a horror movie that came out that actually I think probably around the same time. It's like 10 years old now. Uh, there was another guy that just got an inheritance. And I've heard people like talk about it. it's the same thing where they like say like, oh, it's like the room for horror films of. This guy just got money and was like, I'm making a horror movie because I like horror movies and now I have the means to make one of my own and that's what I'm doing. And like, I've also heard it's not good. It's it's a rough I mean, film you don't have to, to go watch, to film but... school, but maybe watch like a YouTube video of some directors talking or read a book, you know, like just a book. Yeah, read a uh, read, uh, Robert Rodriguez's book. That's a that's a good one of all his his tricks for how to be a good first time director. But uh yeah, that, he's even the opposite again. of like what I learned in film school. Film school is like make sure it's important to the plot, make sure you get enough coverage. And Robert Rodriguez is like, if it's expensive and you have it, find a way to put it in your movie. You know what? You're you're right. This does feel like it. This feels like this guy did read Robert Rodriguez's book. It's like it's like, can you shoot in Disney World? Then do it. Like like like, is it practical? No. Then do it. Don't waste your time getting exterior shots. Like, just do the shots that you know are going to be. Just do the shots and, yeah, yeah. Don't have anything to say. Guy, no safety This shots. guy read Lloyd Kaufman's book on how to make movies. Forget, forget Rodriguez. I mean, I'll be 100% honest. I don't think this guy read any any of the books. 
he uh is a strange looking dude too he's not he's like this really skinny white guy this movie accidentally passes the is he tom green no (laughs) he he looks like he looks like tom green's friend though Derek, which is really funny uh, it does yeah, pass this, the Bechdel test. It does, but it's like an accident because the guy who made it is incredibly cynical about women. And I don't mean that from interviews. I mean, this film is very cynical about women. Like, it doesn't You have... can be very cynical about women and have them talking to each other an entire movie. I think it only pass passes because the daughter and the mom talk, and that's what basically gets it to pass. Like, there's no other times when it could. I guess the two French girls, we don't know what they're saying, so we can just pretend yeah like i said it feels more accidental than i'm trying to pass the they were kind of like i felt like when he was getting sick in the it's a small world i thought that like he was had some sort of mental issue to some degree from like what his wife said about like taking it easy or whatever the hell so i thought like his point of view was going to be like these girls are like flirting with him but that's not what's happening for real like he's scaring them <laughs> and mauling them i i, but I did like little things too, with like actually. the son's like daddy why are we following those girls and he's like well, like his kid just like to ride the same realizes ride it dad i, I don't like, even want to ride my... this ride <laughs> My my favorite line in this entire movie was when the dad tries to make out with the mom on the Winnie the Pooh ride, and and the mom's like, no, no, and he like pouts and he goes, "You're such a Debbie Downer." Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? I think the uh, the other the the moment that's that stands out for that's me. That's not good. That's five minutes in. Yeah, the. Uh... At the end when he has the cat flu and he's in the he's in the bathroom and they're like like i i watched this film with the uh like with the director's commentary so this is the third time i've seen this film uh and he talked about like how he's all pixelated and the director's like god i don't know why roy was being such a pain that day he would not take his pants off he's he's like he's wearing his underwear the whole time in that shot he's supposed to be like you know He's supposed to be. Is on that the why pilot. it pixelates? Like, that's why it's always pixelated because he wouldn't take. Because I was like, I was going to ask that. I'm he's like, like, is like, this me? He's like, you're is not going to be able to see anything. He's like, like he kept insisting. He's like, he's like, you're not going to see anything. Like, but you know, like you're going to the bathroom, so you would have your pants down, like, and you would have your boxers down. And he's like, he said the guy was like so paranoid, and he was like, he's like, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I can't do that. And he's like. He's like he refused to do it. He's like, so he just had to shoot it the way it is, and that's why his that's why his uh, he's just all pixelated. Wow, he could have had, like insane. he could have been like put his clothes back on and then died, or you know. Because <laughs> I was like, there was tits earlier in this movie, and like, why are they censoring this guy's like yeah. butt crack? But they're not gonna they're gonna show us like full on tits. So so <laughs> and the then the tease like the guy the Disney crew that like comes to clean up reminded me of the bad guys from uh, season of the witch. <laughs> they're like and, and just that, these like. <laughs> very bland disney people like they're even their disney patches didn't look right <laughs> right they all... and then they implant they implant the memory of uh the kid riding the buzz Lightyear ride in his head yeah yeah good times on buzz Lightyear, right <laughs> that's like the only running joke in this movie that like maintains is like the buzz Lightyear ride stuff like it's just a constant throughout the film it's like, right and even when they buzz get in Lightyear. the line like that it's so bad because the improv of the dad which i'm sure he was just supposed to get him in the mood but like every time they show him, they're like, "Wow, son, this is really taking a long time. This is going to be a really long ride." You didn't have any other footage of him not talking because he said that <laughs> once. Like once was more than enough. You saw all the people. It seemed like he was trying to convince the kid not to go on it because he's like, "Oh, it's going to be a long wait." Maybe you've seen it or heard about it, Chuck, or whatever. But like 
to be the person that's 20 people behind the other people and you have to record video footage of some guy and his kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there weren't any red flags for anyone else. Like, if I'm <laughs> standing in line and the person in front of me is, like, recording people from a little bit over, I'd be like, this guy's going to, like, abduct that guy's child or something. <laughs> I thought the I thought the kids were actually pretty decent in this movie. Like, they weren't. They were kids. They were just kids. Maybe his non-direction and just letting them do whatever they needed to do paid off because i felt like they were almost better actors than they at least than just any felt of the like, adults they just the felt like kids like they didn't feel like like you get those child actors that are like yeah they're, they're like so coached to, to like how to do things this was this literally just felt like yeah i don't know like you're a kid just like be annoying bother the your boy dad, was like. good you're absolutely correct on the boy the boy had like some of the best lines and some of the best like parts like that was like, like the, the like another another like slightly underused thing with that kid was like there was definitely supposed to be at, at least seemingly like some sort of like Oedipus thing with like he like definitely wanted to get the dad out of the way like from the start when he like locks him he locks him outside that he like never listens to anything he says like is always constantly against him and it's always like so it's like I want to go with mom you leave dad and then even all the way to the end when the dad's on the floor like help me son and he just shuts the door on him and goes back to bed with the mom it's like i was like or what like, is this movie on the ride, like, implying like, about mom, the the mom sure is pretty huh dad the dad's like eh in a classic kind of way i guess <laughs> yeah emily dickson our son i look like emily dickinson i like emily dickinson <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's, that's there's, why the there's decapitation would be that. better. Like they needed to have, they needed to be as bold as Halloween Ends was, and just made that kid. The kid was supposed to be unlikable, yeah. but see, there's another thing with his poor direction. The unlikable kid became like the most likable character in the movie. <laughs> well, the little girl didn't offer anything. Like little boy was more dynamic in his like discussions and stuff, whereas little girl was just a prop. She was just there. She didn't really like serve anything or do anything other than to be an object for him to constantly be losing and having to find and deal with. Literally, that's all he does with that girl is just chase her around and try to find her. All he is doing is chasing girls around this movie. Yeah. Could you redo this movie and make it good? Or is uh, it just kind of yeah. too far gone? <laughs> Sorry for such a short answer. Far, yes. Yeah, there's, cause, yeah there's, there is a lot that could be... It could be done if they would just focus. Again, I mean, I think we all said the same thing. Like, like if they would have just picked one of the ideas that they wanted to explore. Like, I, I do like some of the the idea of talking about a, not even like the urban legends, but like talking about the fact that uh, probably more people die at Disney than most people really think about. Like, not even just the people that die from like accidents related to rides, but I'm sure there's people that die all the time at like that. I mean, those plate those places have been there. Disneyland's been there since what the 50s and Disney World's been there since like the 70s so it's like you know there's it's almost the same with like any any big large place like I'm sure there's people that die there all the time that you just aren't even aware because it's just like they probably are like get them off our property before you report their their death like even if it's just natural causes like like, there's definitely people like there's there's definitely people that have died there like more than more than what's probably even really thought about but like go in that direction or I mean, the way this movie ends and it kind of pops up multiple times is is like the idea that uh, Disney World, again, not only do people die there, but then they like are replacing them with like clones of each other, which is the weird. Again, we're not really given too much info that he keeps seeing that truck that's always parked outside of his hotel, which we later see is the people that like clean up the dead bodies and take them out. 
and he sees that multiple times in his hotel and that's what takes him away but then when he's in the when he's in the the big dome whatever that thing's called i always forget what the the big ball spaceship earth yeah spaceship earth when he's in when he's in that thing and he's like shown the image of himself and it's like that's your that's your that's a version of you if you used your imagination and were a better person or something like that and then that's the version yeah. of him that comes later with the woman from the Soren ride and they have like a new family and it's like it's like okay so did they just clone him and give him a new life and now his family's just gonna go home without a dad and there's ideas there that i'm like that would be interesting if you like just made that your focus of the film instead of going in the 200 other directions you went for the other 85 minutes of runtime he he fills this movie with like tons and tons of like disney like urban legend so why didn't you look more into that stuff and push more of showing that those urban legends could have possibilities of being real knowing that there are feral cats and knowing like without spoiling anything are you familiar with sorry to bother you no with luke keith stanfield it is a show right it's a movie okay did you watch this chuck yeah the direction that that movie goes if it was applied (laughs) to this movie if it got into like you were talking about the mythology of it a little bit better and having the whole emu thing become like like if you just had one scene of somebody like taking an emu to the back of the restaurant or something like that like and it just like that grin like yep you caught us (laughs) and then this is the emu farm yeah what are you what are you guys doing with those or like how they brought up disney princesses being hookers yeah that's an old urban legend but they're specifically to Asia, uh, Asian businessmen. But they only have that scene where, like, they're grabbing on these girls and stuff. And it's like, I don't even think they needed to have that scene. Just them coming up and, like, hugging them and laughing would have been more th- more than enough yeah, for yeah. you to be like, oh, maybe it is happening. Well, yeah. and the, the um, Big Thunder Mountain decapitation scene that you see at the start of the movie, that's another urban legend where a kid stood up on the ride and got his head cut off, like... That didn't actually happen. There was someone who was injured on the ride, but it wasn't because of that. Like, it's a completely different thing. But there's like all kinds of urban legends with that. But then in like in reality, uh, they used to have a ride. Are you familiar with um, the Carousel of Progress the at uh, the Disney yeah. World? So like there used to be another Carousel of Progress type ride that was like some sort of like America ride or some shit like that. And they had a girl that worked there. And when the stage went to rotate, her head got caught in between the walls and her head got lopped off. And that's a real thing. So, like, I thought it would have been more interesting to, like, do stuff like that, like, more go more decapitations. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We needed more. There's real stories that are just as, like, fucked up as, like, the urban legends. So you could have mixed it up, too, instead of just going to, like, the most. An emu could have took off a kid's head. That would have been cool. Just be, yeah, start combining them together. Disney's just like full of decapitations. Like that's their whole. That, that was the. I, I feel like it was just happened to be uh, perfect timing though. It was the most recent episode of Saturday Night Live where they were making fun of Arby's, being like, "You can have five giant roast beef sandwiches for ten dollars," and being like, "That doesn't sound like mathematically that would work. How are you giving me that much roast beef for ten dollars?" <laughs> it's like, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> It's like, where's this Arby's? We have the meat. I know you have the meat, but where is it coming from? Stop asking questions about it. it. Yeah. What meat is it? Like, where is it? Where are you getting it from? Like, I mean, I go to the store and like, 
roast beef's like $10 a pound already. So how are you giving me like three pounds of it for $10 on a sandwich? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the bread has to cost <laughs> something. Yeah, the bread's not negative dollars. That just worked out perfectly. That at the same time, both of those popped up. And it's like, eat. it was the same way. Like, would you order this if you if we told you where the meat came from? Would you order this if I told you it was emu? Yeah, emu's delicious. You ever had emu? Emu's fucking good. I've had emu jerky. Right. Like they st- they were trying to get people to farm emu for a minute there. So it's not even like it's like the weirdest thing. Of, oh, they're feeding you emu. It's like, okay. Like, what does that matter? I ain't mad at that. I've eaten gator and rattlesnake and all kinds. You can of eat animals. anything. I'll it's eat like the, it's like when they care. when people said like at IKEA, they're like, you know, they were making those meatballs out of horses. I'm like, is horse meat? I'm pretty sure it's the pretty sure it's fine. Is it delicious? I'm here for them. Some places it's not legal though. Yeah, you can't eat horse meat in this country. Yeah, that's the same thing in Japan. You can't eat horse meat. But I think that they eat the witch essentially. It says like, oh, there's nothing wrong with emu, but. Not as many people would eat it. You wouldn't so eat it because, just, yeah. So it's not that there's something wrong with it. In, uh, it's just like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another quick uh, side note. When you said about they eat horses in China or it's, or it's legal. Uh, <laughs> a guy I work with got a haircut the other day and he said there were, uh, one of the ladies at the, at the hair salon was uh, Asian. And like he said, like the other people that were working there were like joking with her or something about like, we're going to order Chinese. Did you want cat? Like, and the lady being like, ha ha ha. And then he said, like, someone else was like, you try living in a country with three billion people. You'd eat dogs, too. And I was just like, oh, yeah. that, that took that took quite a turn. He was, I he mean, was like, yeah, they were just saying Chinese it, right? restaurant. They were actually killing the, the cats. Some cat lady was like, well, these cats are disappearing like it's a cat. There's cat nappings every week. It's a catastrophe. Did you ever see the robot chicken sketch where the um, cryogenically frozen head of Walt Disney is Walt kept Disney, inside yeah. of a Matterhorn, and he's mm-hmm. eating? He has to he has to eat one live uh, Cuban child in order to sustain himself for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, he's see, the that kid that came over the, on the raft. Like, What's his name? Um, yeah, Eliando. <laughs> yeah, that's Ilya. Yeah. That would have been another good like like if you were gonna like make this Hell movie, y'all. go with uh go with that urban legend or something like or even if it was just like yeah a joke like instead in the of the movie, scientists like, make it straight up Walt Disney yeah yeah go with that and just be like what I, I thought you were dead and it's like oh you thought I've been uh, yeah I've been frozen for two hundred years or I've yeah, I've done something like yeah go somewhere go somewhere even again almost if you're gonna go this crazy go crazier yeah make it make it make it yeah that Walt Disney's still alive and. But I feel like maybe that was where they he were nervous about. accidentally got like unfrozen or something. I feel like maybe they were getting like too nervous about like going too far into again getting sued over like slander or something by having a, a Walt Disney character that's like an evil guy and then being like, well, now, you, now you've gone too far. He spent so much money on just wasted visual effects in this movie too. Like there's so much and it's not even good CG. Like there's a couple of like, okay, but like for most of the movie like he could have stuck with that low budget gorilla style and spent like half the budget he did but then it's like let's have the epcot ball just randomly roll off of its pedestal and these giant (laughs) and then it's like he's got like cords attached to the ball holding it there it's like there's no cords attached to it it's like a permanent structure like it's bolted to the ground there's no it couldn't do that anyway it's like what what was the point of that whole scene? It was like, I just wanted to have the Epcot ball roll over and the guy go, oh my God. And that was all he wanted from it. Like, or like this, the, the Epcot ball that comes down and goes over his head for like five minutes for no reason whatsoever. Like 
okay, I was like, are we going to do more with Epcot? Are we going to make Epcot a focus of this? (laughs) Because, like, if Epcot's the focus of this movie, you need to stop jumping back and forth between, like, Disneyland and Epcot and Disney World and, like, trying to structure a film around all this stuff because it's, like, very disjointed and jarring. And it's, like, you could have made a really fucked up movie about Epcot and focused it on that and then the science aspects of it. Or you could have focused on the the magic. Lexi's, like, more focused. And Chuck's, like, uh, more crazy. Like, that's, that's the route <laughs> like, that I would want to go. You can go crazy, but, like, why do you have a witch who has all this magic shit going on that has absolutely nothing to do or any and sort Chuck's of tie-in? Like, why not? Why not have more witches? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. The, just the you are making me think a little bit of going back to the Walt Disney thing. I think of Brian Fuller. He did um, Hannibal. And he said for the fourth season that they wanted to do uh, the Silence of the Lambs story. But the one thing that they don't own is the rights to Clarice Starlet like, as a character. Yeah. They don't own that character. He's like, you know what? If we didn't get it, I would just fucking change her name and everyone would just know that's who she's supposed to be. Yeah, it was just and be it's the, like, the easiest thing, yeah. He's like, Smurly Starling, La- that's what we'll call her. Larice <laughs> La- Starling. Walt Disney would have been really funny if they just called him Walt Disney and they just bleeped it out like they didn't kill Bill. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like, is it Wong or B? You know, like that'd be wonderful. I think they so, just say like in the in the film, he doesn't even actually say Walt Disney. He just goes like good old WD or something like that, which mm-hmm. even then feels like they were trying to like they didn't want to actually say his name. And then that like who says that? Is that the German guy? The German scientist, the, yeah. The accent's so thick it didn't even sound like he was saying WD. I'm like, it sounded he like he just says double D. Yeah, double D or something. I was like, what does he say? Like, it was bad. Well, and then he's, like, got him, like, he's, like, the power of your imagination. And I'm like, that's also, like, they they got the Imaginarium in Epcot, which is, like, one of their oldest things, like, Figment and all that shit. And so it's like, once again, you could have, <laughs> you could have gone further into that and made, like, the Imaginarium be, like, a really fucked up thing that, like, can alter and change your life or something like that. There's just a... There's a whole other movie here that they didn't make and they didn't know what they were doing with it. It's. Uh, do you guys like this movie really? Like, is this. Am I the only one who genuinely was disgusted by this viewing experience? I'm on the scale of vents were different after like the half hour point. I, I think I would have dug it a lot more because I thought it was going in more interesting places than where it actually went. Like, I thought it should have been mental with the guy. Is this a film you like, Chuck? Yeah, he suggested it. He watched it three times. Oh, I, you can yeah. suggest it and not like it. That doesn't mean that you like it. <laughs> I have I have movies I will be suggesting that I swear to you I do not like. Nope. Any movie that you suggest you like. Yeah, we're just oh, going to automatically okay. assume and you can't change our mind. That's, that's okay. All right, then. <laughs> you need to stand behind every movie you pick. Yeah. I don't, to I some think degree this, you uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, because that's and that's the thing. I wouldn't say uh, like I do like this movie or I guess I guess I would more say I like the concept of this movie. And there's enough in there that that, yeah, I, I've watched it a few times now and, and there's enough there that makes me go oh, like I kind of just sit there and think about like if I were making this movie, like the things would be like, you know, I, I, I think if they would have just done that, like that would have been better or something like that. But I don't hate this movie at all. Uh because it was at least trying something. And I, I will, again, the the director might be a weirdo and he might not be a very confident guy, but I will at least stand behind the fact that he put his money where his mouth is and made 
the movie that he apparently wanted to make. Is it a great movie? No, but he at least tried to make a movie and he at least doesn't seem to back down from that fact of like, yeah, man, I made my movie. Like, you know, I, he's done more than most other people can say. I mean, there's not a lot of people that can say they've made a film, you know, is it, it, even if it's not a great film, there's not a lot of people that can say I am a, I am a filmmaker that has made a film that got played at Sundance Film Festival. Like it actually played somewhere. It's like especially it's a, in 2013 or whatever. Yeah, it's it might not be a huge movie, and it didn't go far or have like huge distribution. But he can at least say that he got his film shown at like a pretty major film festival in front of people. I mean, that it was covered saw like his, New York Times yeah. and stuff too. So like it went. Yeah. The people so, were viewing it. Well, like you said, the hype around it was huge. Like. Everybody's like, there's a guy shooting a horror movie and he's doing it inside the Disney parks. Oh my god. Gorilla filmmaking at its highest. Like it was just being like pimped and pimped and pimped. And I remember when it came out, I had Shudder. Because I've had Shudder like since it first came out. And they were like pimping it to you too. And they had like a whole premiere on there and all that kind of stuff. And then like it was pulled from Shudder real quick. Like it wasn't on there very long. And I remember going to watch it and it being gone. And I just kind of was like, eh, like I, I missed out. It's fine. Mm-mm. I don't really care. Like it did, Cause I was lifetime. like, eh. I saw, cause I looked at the trailer for it and I was just kind of like, I don't, this doesn't look like super up my alley. Like it, it wasn't holding my attention. So I just kind of didn't put the investment into it. But yeah, like I remember this being a big topic of discussion. I remember this being a big like thing, but I don't even remember seeing a trailer for it. I just remember the news stories are following the fact that they shot something in the park. Yeah. That's kind of like, I didn't know it was black and white or anything. This movie is really hated by Disney fans. Not just like, like obviously like not people are fans of the movies, but like the park goers, like people really hate this movie. Um, If you go online and you try to like look up like YouTube, YouTube, but have they seen the movie? movie Because if they've actually (laughs) seen the movie, it would have probably been successful. I watched a really good uh, like forty five minute video from uh, Jenna Nichols, who is a really big YouTuber, who had a really good. She watched view the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, but she's if the general population watched this movie, it would be a success. No, it wouldn't. Why would you say that? <laughs> How many people go to that park every day? Yeah, but they like it. They don't like seeing negative shit about their parks. They don't like seeing negative shit about the parks, but they didn't see the movie. But and you, you know, should watch something before you critique it. You know, well, you know that the general populace doesn't do that, though. We do that because we're professionals. But I don't wouldn't even call myself professional. But I do think that <laughs> if you're going to critique something, yeah, we should see it. That's the that's the bare minimum rule of critique is that you must engage with the thing that you are critiquing before you critique it. That is correct. And I mean, if you could critique it from a different standpoint and be like. The movie looked awful. I saw the movie. It was awful. I don't understand how it's making money and people are seeing it and there's a sequel now on the way. Like I can I can get like trying to wrap your head around something like that, but it's going to be after the fact. I know one person who's a big Disney nut on Facebook. They're the Disney adults. They're like everything's Disney, Disney, Disney. I'm going to ask them if they've seen this movie and what <laughs> they think about it. I'm friends with a bunch of those. Like that's the thing though, like have they seen it? Make them watch it. Rachel, this is her second time watching it, and she was like 
furious at it. She was furious at it the first time she watched it. She watched it as soon as it came out because they were like, they filmed something in the parks and she's like, I need to watch that. And uh, our other friend, I don't know if I've had Marina on here or not, but Marina was a regular on my old show. Uh, she fucking hates it too. She has nothing good to say about it. And she's a huge Disney person. So I don't know. I, I don't. I'll ask the only Disney person I know. I think that Chuck oh, actually made a really too. good point with the whole um, the room analogy. Like, this is definitely a room. I would put this in that category of like that kind of no. Movie. no you don't agree. Why? No, because his thing was an analogy. It was like, he compared them to each other and he said that the room turned out good because it's unintentionally funny. But this movie was like, there's more potential like that's laying on the floor. Yeah. And Chuck's well, favorite that, thing about yeah, the movie. Just, there's, there's more, uh, the room was only more successful because almost, I almost want to say like somehow because Tommy Wiseau is maybe slightly a better filmmaker than this guy. Like he, I mean, he had, he had a billboard but, for five years up for the room. Yeah, that's true. He could, yeah. He, Randy Moore could not <laughs> afford a billboard for that long. I honestly think that, that Tommy Wiseau is a more competent director in comparison and um he's a much more interesting behind the scenes character and the story of how the room got made is a much more interesting film which i think uh we could do a disaster piece with this guy's movie we could do a whole like movie about how this guy shot his movie i could definitely be down to watch that because i think i mean i would love to see yeah like a movie that's like that's something stupid of of like all right guys you guys got your disguises for what we can't go back to Disney World on day two and look exactly like we did this yesterday. Like, we got to go back. I know they said that was their weird thing, too. It was like they thought it would have been, they thought the hardest part was going to be that the family had to all wear the same clothes for the entire film. So they had to keep showing up at Disney World wearing the same outfits over and over again. Like, Chuck, at least I'm going to need you to change. shave your eyebrows. My eyebrows? You can't yeah. look the same every day, Chuck. You can't look the same every Yeah, you got to gotta do something different, man. <laughs> Does everybody have their fedoras? This is fedora day, but not tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's uh. You guys got your Tommy Bahama shirts? <laughs> or you know what? If they thought about it, black and white, they could have <laughs> had like si- similar outfits that, you know what I mean? Like so they're not wearing the exact same thing every day. So it's like a blue polo give shirt, your, but then give, like a baby blue give your pal- character like polo a- shirt. Well, like they go out of the park, they go back in the park, give the guy a jacket, you know? <laughs> oh, again, I think this was like, I think I think at the end of the day, they were just trying to film as much as they could and then just went to edit it and was like, so what do we have? Like, what can we put together? So I think that was, that was 100% the reason. It's like, no, they always have to be wearing the same things, like no matter what we... We can't afford to like go back and figure something else out. I like, think we're, we're the movie should have been a feature length Epcot movie where they just got a drink from every country and it was just following a guy around <laughs> getting a drink from everyone. Doing the world tour, yeah. They were there during Food and Wine. I noticed that. I so. mean, they were there for half a year, so they were bound to hit things yeah, like that. They were there for everything. Food and Wine's the best. So it's the. Uh, you Festival get there, it's arts. like. It's Halloween themed, and then you see it's Christmas themed. You're like, holy shit, they're there all the time. Epcot's my favorite park in Disney. I like Epcot. That's actually Rachel's favorite park. She's obsessed with Epcot. So, Justin. Yeah. uh, You made the statement to me that you think that Freddy Got Fingered is a worse movie than this. And I want you to justify that to me. I think that 
Freddy Got Fingered had some funny moments in it, but didn't like narratively connect. And this movie like had some good ideas that fell flat. But I felt that like the at least the first the beginning, the first third of this movie is pretty interesting. And Freddy Got Fingered like right out the gates, like <laughs> trying to shock people. It's Tom Green. Like it's being Tom Green. So. Well, this guy was being Randy Moore. We don't know Randy Moore. <laughs> you sound and like thing you know is, Randy Moore. If you if you made a film today, like if Tom Green made a film today, <laughs> Lexi knows more about Randy Moore than the rest of us. I kind of ended up knowing more about him just from watching all those interviews. So I know um, nothing about the guy, and you're like, when Randy Moore graduated college in 1994, he had Moore. a dream that when his grandmother passed away, he was going to take this inheritance. Tom Green, I believe, could competently make a film over this guy. Like, I think the, the thing about Tom Green's movie was that Tom Green wrote a film, but also had to put Tom Green in the movie. And that was going to have to be a selling point. So like, he had to find a way to functionally make the character that he's built and developed over the past like. I'm really years. sorry to cut you off, but you've you've had your time to defend Freddy Got Fingered, and it's <laughs> over. Well, I just think like that. I, there's a much more competent level of filmmaking coming out of that movie in comparison. So, like, I'm not. I mean, you're entitled about, to your beliefs. I'm not talking about objective. Like, I'm talking about like. You can like what you like, but like, are you saying like from a filmmaking standpoint that this is a better film too? Or so like... here's a hugely hard thing to compare these one-time directors are that we don't can't tell what's an accident or not. You have the Tom Green show and all his other things that he's done, but he didn't confidently put a movie together. So it's like I would be interested to see a Tom Green movie now. Yeah. And seeing how he matured and what type of movie he would make, even if he goes down, this, would he make try to make the same thing again? I mean, I guess it would be the same for every single one of these directors as to what they are capable of doing. Uh, I definitely just think like Charles Lawton's the one that I feel like he could have made several more great movies. He had the style, he has the history, even if he was in some shitty Hitchcock. <laughs> Hitchcock movie. <laughs> yeah, but like being in a shitty Hitchcock movie is still being in a Hitchcock movie. Like, yeah, and I don't like, I don't really loathe Freddy Got Fingered. Comparing the movies, I'm kind of more with Chuck's mindset of, well, it would be interesting if they did this, and it'd be interesting if they did that with this movie. Or what if they explored this route? Or like how you were saying, what if they. Made it more grounded, and somebody's like, "What if they made it more surreal and they went more crazy?" With Freddy Got Fingered, I'm just like, I don't even think there's any other direction that that movie could go. And I was like, a lot of shock value stuff, and the shock stuff in this wasn't. Um, take the grossest thing in this movie, which is the cat flu, diarrhea, hairball fest in the bathroom that is absolutely disgusting and i think it's like unintentionally grosser than it needed to be <laughs> to like just the angles and the shots just like everything made that so much more disgusting and maybe grosser than you know anything that was in freddy got fingered but 
I think the scene yeah. with the um, Neosporin is really disgusting. I just felt it went on too long. Like we get it goes on forever. It. Like it's just there's a I point where it was the Neosporin. Just... I thought it was just his toe. Being the toe was really gross bloody. too. And then I'm washing the sock in the bathroom goes on forever, which is also really gross. There's a lot of really gross. I did stuff like in the dad walking doesn't... in with his kid and then like leaving. Yeah, not our hero. Yeah, drying the sock on the hand dryer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be funny well, if they it... just waited for somebody to come in and film a real reaction. <laughs> do you do you think this is a more competent film than Freddy Got Fingered? You asked Chuck? that, and I said yes. I said Chuck, Chuck does not too. You. Probably, I don't know. You we'll see what be Chuck done. thinks. yeah i at least uh, i think i think the big yeah the big difference for me is like the the level of ambition of uh you know again did this guy hit the target not at all but you know it's like uh like those cheap uh, motivational posters they had in school uh you know shoot for the moon even if you don't make it you'll land among the stars and he was shooting for the moon and I don't think Tom Green was shooting for the moon. I think Tom Green was shooting for raunchy '90s comedy, and that's exactly where he landed. <laughs> so it's like I, I just take like the level of ambition of trying to do something different. You're also comparing two very different movies, just two completely different movies from completely different time periods too. Like again, that was it, the Freddy Got Fingered is very much a, a very '90s film to begin with so it's like it's almost one that it can't exist anywhere other than the 90s because of just how baked in the style and just the entire atmosphere of that film is just i hate to correct you Chuck, but it's uh is it it's 2000s a, it's a 2001 yeah. yeah it's barely in the <laughs> but barely but in the he's 2000s. not he's not wrong it's a 90s movie that just happens it's to of come the, out it's heavily yeah. yes it's just a little little late there so it's like it's I, I and I think it's the same thing Justin said. Like I don't even I don't even hate Freddy Got Fingered. It's just it's it's hard to compare because they're just two different of films. But I, again, I'll always go with of looking at a film and saying was the what was the guy trying to do? Was he trying to do something new and different? And I I can at least say that with this film. Again, he failed on a lot of different levels, but I I at least can only give him credit that. He was trying to do something different. Chuck, he did succeed on filming inside of the park. I mean, yeah, he so. did something. He succeeded somewhere. He got, <laughs> I mean, he got an entry in the Disney encyclopedia. Like there's an entry that specifically says about like, it's, it's a just like escape from tomorrow. This is a film that was made at the Disney parks without their knowledge or something like that. So, I mean, he is, he is historically a part of Disney world forever in that he's in an encyclopedia published by Disney that mentions that he filmed a film there. So, I mean, he did something historical in some way. I don't know. I just feel like he's an edgelord. Like, I feel like the whole reason, like, he made this movie and did all of this was for exactly what you just said, to get an entry into, like, the history books of, oh, I shot a movie in Disney, and it was I mean, a horror movie. the Disney encyclopedia is not really the history books, but... But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's like... An, I mean, they. He could be an edgelord, but you don't really get that from watching the movie. You can only speculate, or 
you watched interviews. I don't with need him his interviews to feel that from watching the movie because I thought that going into this anyway, and then I watched him in his interviews, and I was like, oh, he is an edge lord. All right, that's not what I was anticipating. Okay. But isn't that what Tom Green kind of was? No, mm. I guess to some extent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's not the same thing. I guess in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm not disagreeing that he's an edgelord. I'm agreeing with you on that, but I believe it comes from a different place and it's a different kind of edgelording. Like there's a different like this is the kind of like this is like that I'm hot topic. Begin kid. the episode with you just saying that it's a different type of edgelording. <laughs> it's like the, the kid at Hot Topic is always like talking about like urban legends being real and all kind of stuff. Like the guy who made this thinks that they actually, the Emu Lake thing is real. That director believes that. He thinks that's real. He thinks that's legitimate. Like, it is Emu Legs. And someone interviewing him asked him, like, why don't you have He's like the Arby's like... thing, though. Like, he's he's got a point. <laughs> why are they so large? Because they use male turkeys. Also, they're probably pumped many. full of pumped full of steroids. That I, think that, I feel like that's the I feel like that's the that's <laughs> that, the real right. thing we're like we're overlooking. It's like a KFC like, with gross. the chickens with like yeah. six or seven legs. Did you know? Did you know that Disney invented Doritos? Completely off off the wall fact. We're talking about food. That was really off the wall, and no, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they invented Doritos. That was their invention. Well, the Nazis invented Fanta, but you know. <laughs> and Florida invented Gatorade. No, no, the Florida Gator College, like the whatever. The, I know the team football, yeah, yeah. sports. Uh, they could actually make something. They they play it in their ads, so it's not hard to know that. Why would you take something away from Florida? Florida Positive. Deserve anything. <laughs> I have one question for you. Me? This is really leftfield. Yes, I'm gonna spell a word. You tell me how you say it. God damn it. D E C A L. D E C A L? Deckle. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> it's true. It is true. What are you talking about? <laughs> is Before it, the is episode. It decal? I... Would you rather decal? Is that what you're looking for? So I was watching Lego Masters right before we recorded. <laughs> and the Canadian people like were calling decals four decals. Of and I'm like, what? Deckle. <laughs> they were saying deckle 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 and i'm like they're like the proper way to say it not decal and i'm like so i had to say it while it was in my head for two seconds <laughs> i was like oh that canadian i'm gonna have to ask them i say <sighs> i say okay. sahara as well and everybody says sahara and I, I can't even say sahara like it like feels wrong you just said it twice i know I felt, I felt I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is Sahara. Uh, I work with a guy, and his wife's name Sahara. So, pretty sure that's how he. That's how it has I to be I think she would know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would know. It's her name. <laughs> my boss keeps finding my Canadian accent when I talk, and I'm just like, I don't think I have one. And he's like, Yeah, you do. I've heard it. <laughs> Ten yeah, seconds I think ago. Everybody it's real. <laughs> Deckle. <laughs> Uh, with that, we will have, in two days, a Christmas special, and then we're out for the year. We are done. 2022, done. In the books. Yay. Yeah. And we're not going to do directors for two months, because 
Lexi's pick tractors again. Uh, but we're going to do free for all in, in January, which just means we're going to do whatever the hell we want. And I don't even know what anyone else has picked yet, only myself. I'm having a lot of trouble picking my film. Because, like, I try to look at things and I'm like, can this be a category that we could cover? Or can this be. You got to like, go with what you're most excited to talk about in the heat of the moment. That's what it needs to be because you're interested in it now, so you're going to be talking about it now. You might fit it into a theme in September, but are you going to be as excited about it in September? Maybe, but maybe not. That's true. That's fair. Anyways, we'll see you guys in two days. (laughs) Thanks for listening. All right, that was our episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. We are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.